Episode 296, August 31st, 2017. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the G-Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back. Strap in. And brace yourself. Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. This Week in Jeep is brought to you by Amazon.com. Are you shopping online for that special someone? Maybe your Jeep fund is ready to be drained, or perhaps you're just out of bacon salt. If that's not it, and you're just looking for a way to support the show, we'll remember to use the link jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon, and anything you purchase will have a small percentage go to help the show. It's the best way to show that you care and to show your support for the show. So don't forget, jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon to do all your online shopping. Well, it's happened again. An Elyria woman was killed and another was flown to Life Flight to Metro Health Medical Center following a car wreck Monday morning. 58-year-old Vicki L. Hill was killed after her 2007 Jeep Liberty was hit by another vehicle at a traffic signal at the intersection of West Avenue and 3rd Street. The other vehicle, a 2003 Buick Century, was driven by 40-year-old Christy Fitch, also of Elyria. At 5.46 a.m., police received a report of a crash at the intersection. According to the police report, Hill was stopped at the traffic signal at the intersection, heading northbound, when Fitch's vehicle struck the rear of the Jeep. When officers arrived, the Jeep Liberty was engulfed in flames. Officers attempted to get into the vehicle, but were unsuccessful, pushed back by the intensity of the flames. Fitch was yelling for help in the Buick, and officers were able to remove her from the vehicle just before it caught fire. Fire personnel arrived on the scene and tried to extinguish the fire and remove Hill from the vehicle, but were unsuccessful. Hill, of course, died at the scene. This incident has revived criticism from safety advocates that a federally sanctioned recall plan to keep the vehicle's fuel tank from igniting in rear-end crashes didn't go far enough to protect motorists. The recall was announced after the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration concluded that the fuel tanks mounted between the rear suspension and the bumper of, of the more than 1 million affected SUVs were vulnerable to leaks and fires in rear-end crashes. Online records maintained by a Fiat Chrysler show that Hill's vehicle did have the trailer hitch recall performed. The Center for Auto Safety, a Washington-based advocacy group, urged that the NHTSA to reopen the investigation into the Jeep fires. Their fear has always been that the fix that FCA engineers came up with is not sufficient. The NHTSA, which agreed to that remedy in 2013, said in a statement that it, quote, will review available information and take action as appropriate. Fiat Chrysler agreed to voluntarily install trailer hitches on 1.56 million 2002 through 2007 Jeep Liberties and 1993 through 1998 Jeep Grand Cherokee model SUVs to protect their fuel tanks. Fiat Chrysler maintains the vehicles do not contain a defect and comply with federal safety requirements. After Fiat Chrysler agreed to the recall, the, to recall the Jeeps, the NHTSA closed its investigation in November of 2014. It concluded in a memo that at the time, the trailer hitch provided, quote, incremental safety benefits in certain low and moderate speed crash incidences, while also noting that the repair will, quote, not necessarily be effective in the most severe of crashes. This crash involved the Jeep sitting at a light, at a standstill, and a Buick that was allegedly traveling at a high rate of speed, who rear-ended the stopped Liberty. Officers had originally suspected the driver of, of the Buick to be under the influence of drugs and or alcohol, but those allegations have since been dismissed. In any case, we here at the Jeep Talk Show send our deepest condolences to the Hill family. Well, new photos have been leaked to, of the new Jeeps, and they're doing something we haven't seen before. That's 
towing. The two new spy photos released this week show us something that we have not seen before in any of the other spy photos before, the new Jeep's towing trailers. Now, the Jeep pickup can be seen wearing what looks like a Class 4 towing receiver on its tail end, and that appears to be supplemented with a heavy-duty weight distribution system. It's hard to tell by the size of the trailer. It could be fully empty or fully loaded and anything in between. But the weight being towed can at least be guessed at an upwards of 5,000 pounds. Otherwise, no weight distribution would be necessary and likely no more than 10,000 pounds, which is the limit of a Class 4 hitch. Regardless of any guess, that weight class suggests that the Jeep pickup will be a big hit for all off-road enthusiasts. I mean, who doesn't want a Jeep pickup that can not only haul, but tow well too? Smaller, yet just as impressive, is the trailer tagging along behind the disguised Wrangler JL. The weight of that trailer, who knows how much lead or sand they have stowed inside, must be up near the JL prototype's maximum trailer tongue weight capacity, as it looks like the rear suspension of the Jeep has been pushed all the way down to its haunches, indicating to us, at least, that this is one heavy load. Aside from blatant advertising aspect of the trailer and the unknown of how much or little it is carrying, the fact that we're seeing Jeep prototypes enduring real tow testing is a positive sign, Jeepers. We'll, of course, have to wait for the official tow rating numbers for either of these Jeeps until we get a little closer to the launch date. Well, big thanks to all of you who continue to help us out by submitting stories for This Week in Jeep. If you have a response to any one of our stories or you got something you think we should be reporting on, well, by all means, send us an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. That is very guys, nice seeing the uh, seeing the towing thing. I'm sorry, Josh. Go ahead. I'm, I'm all excited about the towing. <laughs> oh, I am. I am too. No, really. Let, let me talk about this for a second because that's one weak point that the Jeeps have had for many, many oh, years yeah. across many, many platforms is not exactly a big tow rating. Now we've got some longer wheelbase Jeeps out on the road now, and they're a little bit more burly, and they got a little bit higher of a tow rating. The Jeep pickup, I think, is going to eclipse all of that and is going to be, well, maybe the big hauler out of the Jeep lineup. You would hope so. Tammy, any interest in hauling things? I mean, you can even haul your family and yours. Oh, yeah. No, I want one really bad. Um, and to get a trailer to put my now Jeep on that, it would be my daily, oh, my daily driver. That, that would be my see, goal. That's, that's the direction I'm going with this, is that there, this might be a, a Jeep tow rig. You know, I mean, right. a tow rig for your Jeep as a right. Jeep, you know, a, a, all that sort of stuff. So if this thing has the wheelbase, if it has the tow rating, that can actually tow a, a vehicle hauler, you know, a, a, a tandem axle trailer capable of hauling a Jeep, well, that's going to be a game changer. Totally. It would be pretty cool to take your, uh, your Jeep truck uh, out uh, and, and take your, uh, your Jeep, your off-road Jeep, your highly modified yeah. Jeep out there to the, to the trail. I'd be worried oh, yeah. about leaving my Jeep while <laughs> I was driving my Jeep. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, well, hey guys, but you're... Up later. Coming up later in the show, if you've never owned a Wrangler, you're going to want to stick around for the list of things to be aware of if you have kids and a new-to-you Jeep YJ. Hey, don't miss the final episode of the Jeep Talk Call-In Show. Tammy and I have had, a, have had great fun talking to you live on the phone and during the show, uh, and we've had many recent great interviews. Our latest episode with guest AJ on episode 53 from Lou Blocker was especially fun. And, uh, you know, uh, it's uh, great to see a manly beard out there. He had one of these huge beards. Oh, you know? yeah. And it you can actually see time. it on the YouTube because he, uh, he called cool. in with video. So uh, we actually did uh, video with, uh, with AJ. So uh, you can go over there to YouTube.com slash Jeep Talk Show and uh, see that. Episode 53, AJ with uh, Lou Blocker. So, um, you know, <laughs> just... If if you love the interviews as much as Tammy and I did on the Jeep Talk call-in show, don't fret. Just stay tuned to the Jeep Talk show for future 
for a future announcement. It's not all, all it's not all over. Uh, interviews aren't done yet, so just don't don't get upset. <laughs> Any announcement coming up? You in can the future, still watch like, the yeah. You can still watch those shows over and over again. Oh, and I highly recommend it. Yeah, because there's there's some really good ones like the one with Dan Greck. We Raceline Wheels, Best Top, some awesome, awesome interviews. Yeah, Big names. A lot Big of fun. names. Yeah, a lot of fun. A lot more to come. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. You most certainly are, you lucky Jeep listener, you. And if the Jeep Talk show is not enough for you, you need more off-road audio, well, we have what you're looking for. It's called the 4x4 Radio Network, your one-stop shop for all your off-road audio and podcasting needs. You can find out more about the 4x4 podcast, the Center Steer podcast, and, of course, the Trail Chasers podcast. Just go to 4x4radionetwork.com. Shut up and listen. Shut up. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut Man, up. Shut up, Shane. Hey. Shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler Talk. It's time for G-Mama. Well, Tony and Josh, you know how I just love it when our listeners share their Jeep stories with us. And just this week, we received an email from a fellow Jeeper. His name is Dan, and he officially became a Jeeper this week. He has a YJ, and he's done with his build. LOL, wahahaha, yeah. In about another week, he'll find out about how funny that really is when he wants to add more to his Jeep or change his Jeep up. So, as I was saying, he's basically done with his build, and he's been testing Ah. it out to make sure (laughs) it is truly on and off-road worthy. He's logged about 200 miles in town and some highway driving. Now, he said this is his first Jeep he's ever drove. So I just want to share with you what he's learned so far, and these are some pretty good tips. So here we go. The aerodynamics of the lifted brick, along with 33-inch tires, gets you roughly 15 miles per gallon. Every squeak and creak has him wide-eyed and shushing everyone. I can attest for this. I do this constantly, but there's no one in my Jeep to shush, so anyway. Um <laughs> Passing other vehicles on the highway is not a problem because you don't pass anyone. They pass you. Um, A Jeep Wrangler has a tight turning radius, more so at highway speeds, so two hands on the wheels are a necessity. And I will attest to this, too. Um, It's not as bad now that I have my Griffin, which is um, underneath my Jeep, and you'll have to go back to some other past episodes to figure out what that is. Anyway, you don't need a lot of off the throttle when you see a trooper on the highway for fear of speeding because you're probably not speeding unless you're going downhill with a tailwind. On highway crosswinds, this will cause you to experience a high pucker effect instantly. Some lessons are the same as riding a motorcycle on the highway, like don't follow trash trucks or cattle trucks. You know, folks, that's not rain. (laughs) And with the top off, act as if everyone is looking at you because, you know, they're really just checking out your Jeep or your wife. Everything will blow out that's not tied down. True. And this is my favorite of all time. Your kids cannot eat ice cream in the backseat of your Jeep with the top off on the highway. The ice cream blows off the spoon pretty quick. Much like riding a Harley, everyone seems to want to strike up a conversation about your Jeep at traffic lights. Or even in the drive-thrus. I get that all the time. 
if you pull over and raise the hood to chase down that new sound, you will have other Jeepers and concerned people stopping and checking on you, which is, that's really an awesome feeling. For highway use, the Jeep Wrangler with a 2.5 liter engine with 33 inch tires should be called the Dragonfly because it drags ass up hills and flies <laughs> down them. <laughs> I will be asking Santa, he, this Dan will, be, and maybe me too, will be asking Santa for a set of 4.88 gears and next summer he'll see his MPG go to 10 miles per gallon. So Dan says, so far he loves this Jeep he bought, and he hasn't even been off-road with it yet. And he's looking, or he's sure off-road it's where it's going to excel. And he's excited to have the snow come this year. I just want to say I love Dan's enthusiasm for his Jeep, and I officially welcome him to the best club I have ever been involved with. And if you have a Jeep story you want to share, please send me an email at info at jeeptalkshow.com. Hey Tammy, maybe you mentioned this at the top of the uh, top of the read there, but is this the same guy that was complaining about you uh, costing him thirty thousand dollars? No, that's another guy. <laughs> we, need, we need to get that one on here too, because yeah. uh, everybody's been uh, uh, people have been sending in messages to us about you know, hey, you cost me thirty grand because I had to go buy a Jeep after listening to you guys. <laughs> yeah, that's that's later in the, later in the show. Oh, good. So yes. coming up. <laughs> yeah, and beside and and plus coming up later in the show, Josh has a mod for you for your Jeep that in the six years this show has been on the air, we've never covered. Can you imagine that? We haven't covered this mod. I can't wait to hear what it is. I bet you it's something so you can eat ice cream in the back with uh, the Without, top off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little, just, I'm a little just ice guessing. cream spoon cover. You know, because oh, we man. tie everything I, I would, in I on the show. To, <laughs> I would love to see some uh, some fan art of what those devices might look like. <laughs> well, hey, Jeepers, if you're looking for a source of Jeep tech info, how-tos, and a gathering of fellow like-minded Jeepers, then head over to our forum, jeeptalkforum.com. Once there, you can engage with other Jeepers, ask questions, get answers to your build questions, check out show and shine and off-road picks, read about events, modifications, and even find a selection of written transcripts from segments right here on the Jeep Talk Show. And if you're worried about how you'll be treated, well, don't worry. There's no flaming, no making fun, and of course, no such thing as a stupid question. Whether you're brand new to the Jeep world or you're on your 27th Jeep, there's something for every Jeeper over at jeeptalkforum.com. Hey, I just want to mention, I always appreciate reviews. It's it's great to have you guys not only listen, but take the time to actually type stuff in or uh, call in the, the voicemail line or any of that stuff. Because I know how hard that is. You know, it's really easy just to press the button and listen, a lot easier anyway. And uh, But when you take the time to, to write stuff in on our reviews, I think it's just wonderful. Love hearing from you guys. And I, I can't tell you, and I'm speaking for, for both Tammy and Josh, we love the great reviews, certainly. But when you tell us the bad reviews, that, that helps us make the show better for you guys. You know, if we listen to you, <laughs> which we didn't always do, but we try to, you know. So <laughs> like Josh always says, good or bad, we read the reviews here. That's right. Well, we got three uh, people who wrote in this week, uh, over the last week anyways. Got one from Facebook and a couple of email reviews. Tammy, who uh, wrote into us uh, through Facebook? Well, Danny Crow, he says, this, the show is awesome. Black Jeeps rock. Of yes, course, he's do. a smart guy. Yes. And then he goes <laughs> on to say, Tammy, you cost me $30,000. I, I know. I feel really bad. When I first read this, I thought, oh, my God, he broke his Jeep because I told him to do something. But oh, no. actually, actually, he goes, I figured if you could wheel, if, speaking to me, if you could wheel a new Jeep, well, so could I. 
So I bought a new JK and went to Breckenridge, Colorado and had a blast. Oh, thanks. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure you're saying thanks like, yeah, thanks a lot, Tammy. I know. <laughs> no, at first I thought, oh, my God, he broke his Jeep. Well, he, he said thanks because, you know, he was all excited about the black Jeep and then he got out there and went, oh, man, I could have had a red one. You know, uh-huh. because I, I, I highly, I highly Ooh, doubt it. Yeah. are sexy. Yes, yes, they are. No. <laughs> doubt it, doubt it. So we had another email come in from uh, John R. And we're doing that R because uh, John's part of the Witness re- Relocation Program. Dear JTS, I feel the best Jeep Wrangler alternative for the brand uh, would be be a Jeep Renegade-based Wrangler. For example, so this is, just kind of jump back. We were talking about uh, something having to do with, uh, wouldn't it be great if Jeep actually had more Jeepy vehicles, things that were Hmm. complementing of Jeep, and and not some of these other things they've come up with that are very popular, but have more more um, more to the Jeep tradition, the off-road t- tradition. So anyway, so I, this is what John's talking about. I feel the best Jeep Wrangler alternative for the brand would be a Jeep Renegade-based Wrangler. For example, Jeep could build a car that has a soft top and easily removable doors and could be taken off-road. But, but it's really for road-going trips. I don't want to be sexist. <laughs> but I'm going to be, uh, but could, uh, I say a soccer mom Wrangler, very iconic vehicle with similar zeal in the VW thing. <laughs> so, kind of like the slug bug. Yeah. Uh, this vehicle could also be priced in the high teens. So there's some hopeful th- thinking there yeah. and it could be produced in front wheel drive, uh, and all wheel drive to uh, compete in small crossover market. It would be great for a hybrid slash high MPG models. My two cents. So FYI, I own a 2014 Jeep Grand Cherokee LTD diesel 4x2 and a 1986 Jeep CJ7. So he's kind of doing what he's talking about there. He's got a two-wheel drive Jeep and he's got a real off-road type Jeep. So he's great. talking about, about bringing them together all in one platform that's yeah. uh, easy to you know easy to to get to use and afford. Now you know uh, Bart was out there at the Bantam Jeep Festival, and I think mm-hmm. I remember him doing an interview with somebody that was had a, a was it a Commander that was kind of like that. It was more of like a Jeep car, but it had the the I don't think that did, did the removable doors, but it did have a top that you could take off or, or put back. Now, I the seem to remember something like that. The commanders have dual sunroofs. I, I think some of them had dual sunroofs. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about something that's a lot older than that. Uh, it was uh, it was the guy that had the uh, the Super Bowl ring. That I don't remember. I don't okay. remember Super Bowl. I can't remember. I know Dang somebody it. out there. People are yelling into the, the dash know, of their like, vehicle. It's so it was so you <laughs> <laughs> But there, there were some Jeeps in the past, like in the 50s and the 60s, that seemed that were kind of like this. So Jeep, uh, FCA uh, Jeep of today seems to like at least using the names from back then, at least the 70s. So maybe they could do something like this. I mean, it would be very nice to have that uh, that uh, uh, Jeep feel, but not really the ruggedness that you would normally uh, associate with a Wrangler. I think you got something there. Yeah, we got another one, uh, another email that came in from Dan C. He says, hey, guys, I had to share this because I officially became a Jeeper this week. I can never remember what address to send info to, so hope this finds you. <laughs> oh, I've been meaning to tell you that, Tony, uh, don't knock Pinterest. Give it a shot. It's not just for the ladies. Anything you want to see, just type it in. <clears throat> Anything. Uh, no. 
And Josh, why Magnaflux? Just have it pressure tested. Just a thought. Jeep Mama, you go, girl. Just keep doing your thing. Love the show, and one night I'll call in and shoot the poop with you guys. As always, and you need more YJ talk. I realize why you don't, though, and I understand. Keep it up, guys. I love YJs. I think, you know, yeah. my, my first off-road vehicle was leaf, spring, leaf springs all the way around, just like the YJ. So, uh, well, I'm, there was a, I think the entire month of June, I did like nothing but YJ talk, uh, YJ tech and, and stuff like that. So, uh, Dan, go back and listen to some of the other episodes. I think yeah, you but we do. We need more YJ stuff. And if, uh, if you know about YJ stuff and you'd like to uh, help us out with a little content, we'd uh, love to have you, uh, contribute to the show. You got tech questions? Oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I can, I, it's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Limb risers, branch deflectors, brush cables. They may be called lots of things, but one thing remains the same no matter what you call them or where you're from. These things can literally save you hundreds, if not thousands of dollars in repairs. Okay, so what are these things and what do they do and why do we need them? Limb risers are defined as devices that keep tree limbs and other brush from hitting your windshield when off-roading. As simple as the explanation is, limb risers have saved countless windshields from getting scratched or damaged on the trail. They are basically steel cables that go from the front end of the vehicle up to the roof rack. When branches or limbs that are growing across the trail touch limb risers, they slide up and over the Jeep instead of smacking it head-on. Or even worse, whiplashing back and smacking you right across the face or the arm in a topless and doorless Jeep. Let me ask you. Have you ever seen a dimpled A-pillar? You know, the areas around the windshield? Well, now you'll know what all those little dents are from the next time you see one. Another benefit of having, the, uh, having these limb risers on your Jeep is to keep snorkels, antennas, lights, and other hardware from getting caught up in the branches and potentially being ripped off or bent. Now, there's one small negative to these, what some may see as a drawback of installation, if you will. It comes with the need to drill holes with a few of the, of the kits that are out there. But if you're dedicated to keeping your Jeep in good shape, well, drilling shouldn't be too much of a problem. A name you've undoubtedly heard here on the show or seen out in public is Smittybilt, and they make kits for TJs and JKs and even the Cherokee XJs that are both affordable and easy to install. Another option, albeit maybe a little bit harder to find, is Steinjager, spelled just like the alcohol. Most of the kits out there work with factory or aftermarket hood latches or the supplied mounting hardware in the kit itself and are relatively easy to install and maintain. Them risers are a fairly simple mod to fabricate as well if you want to do it yourself and can be attached in front either to the body, the hood latches, or the brush bar, and at the other end of the top of the windshield frame, or preferably a roof rack. Okay, so if drilling a small, tiny little hole in your Jeep's body doesn't phase you, well, you might be the kind of individual looking to make your own set. The cable can be sourced from a million different places, but be warned, unless you dig deep, it's going to be hard to find smaller rolls of the right cabling needed online. The only other option is the trip to the hardware store to buy it by the foot. That's not a bad solution, honestly. What you're looking for is 3 inch stainless steel aircraft cable, either nylon-wrapped or not, but I'd go with the non-wrapped for the sake of keeping it and looking good for years. you also want to make sure it's around a 3,000-pound braking strength rating. Another thing that we should mention here is that in some states, even in some countries, it is illegal to drive on the road with these things since they can lethally injure somebody in case of an accident, and they must be removed when on the road. So be warned and be informed. Okay, so now just how do you install the cable to the Jeep? Well, you know where the mounting points are, so let's talk about mounting options. Cable locks, like the kind you see at the end of your winch line to keep that hook in place, are one option. They can create a loop, a very solid one, which can, turn, which can in turn be hooked or looped through a slide lock like what you attach a dog leash to a collar with. Now, another option would include carabiners, eye hooks, or even saddle clamps and turnbuckles. You don't want to spring for, uh, if spring for wrapped wire or cable, 
using a length of fuel line can act as a scratch guard if you string your wire through it first. Okay, now that you know what these things are and what they're called and how they work, let's go over and hop over to Google, Pinterest, or Instagram and check out some of the pics of what other people have done and maybe you'll get some inspiration to add some limb risers to your own Jeep. With some good planning and installation of pre-made kits or even by going the DIY route, it shouldn't take more than a couple of hours. Hey Jeepers, I'm trying to bring you guys the most relevant and best covered Jeep tech I can, so I want you to let me know if you have a tech question you would like answered or addressed here on the show. Shoot me an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com with the subject line Tech Talk. Who knows, you might just have your question answered here on the air. So uh, where do you attach those to the top? Do you actually have to drill a hole into the uh, the roof of the vehicle? or uh... If you don't have a roof rack, then then yeah. the Another option would be the uh, right at the very front lip of the gutter. Uh, which would be a good option, um, but uh, you really want to get it up high and above that, that oh, yeah. you know, the roof line, uh, since you want it will take that branch up and over and either dump it right on top of the body if you don't have a roof rack, or get it up onto the roof rack and over the top of the Jeep if you do have one. So, uh, it, so would this just be for like the Cherokees or the non-topless no, vehicle? Honestly, for any yeah. vehicle. I mean, hell, I could put okay. these things on my Honda if I really right. wanted okay. to. But, you know, um, they, they make vehicle-specific kits out there that are, you know, specifically designed to work with the JK latches or the TJ hood latches. They attach mm -hmm. to the same hardware um, that the hinges of those latches attach oh. to. They create a mounting point that you attach a cable to. The other end of that cable goes up to your roof rack when you have another mounting point. And the cable is then, then stretched nice and tight, and you have this line, essentially, that goes up from the, you know, front of the Jeep up, you know, nice and high up to another high point on the on the you know roof line and what this does is if a, uh, a branch is across the trail or you got limbs or other brush that's hanging across you instead of having to get out saw stuff off or move it off to the side or whatever you can just sort of drive through it and these lines these nice tight lines these cable lines that are going from the roof or your roof rack down to your your front bumper will carry that branch or that brush or whatever right over the top these these lines will act oh, like a ramp if you will I and and we'll carry it right over. So if you guys don't, if you, if you're having a hard time picturing this, just do yourself a favor. Do a Google search, a, a image search for for uh you know these these branch lines or you know whatever. Careful. Lots of names are called limb risers, branch deflectors, <laughs> brush cables. They're all going to give you the same images. You just different parts of the world call them different things. But uh, once you see an image, you're gonna, it's all going to click. It's all going to come together. Yeah. Go, oh, I've seen when those were, before. Yeah, I've yeah, seen yeah. those I have. in action. Yeah, I've, yep. I've always wondered. I'm like, why does that guy have that on his Jeep? Because I've seen a couple of vehicles at Roush Creek, and I'm like, what in the world is that for? Very, very popular now in, the, uh, in the expedition or the overlanding crowd. You'll see right. a lot of this stuff on a lot of the overlanding guys' uh, uh, rigs and stuff. And you see a lot of the uh, the older, you know, safari type of vehicles and stuff too. Will have these on there. So they've been around for a very long time. This isn't something that is like you know brand new on the scene. This is old, old technology really been around old. for a long time. But there's some aftermarket companies that are sort of, sort of, you know, taking uh, advantage of this and and putting out some kits for you guys. Now I've been off road a few times in my Jeep. Uh, it seems like I'm always having issues uh, with it, so uh, I don't get off uh, off road as much as I'd like. But the few times I've been out, uh, I've never been in the situation where I needed limb risers. And I was curious: have either one of you seen the benefit? Would, would you see a benefit in, in putting this on your vehicle? Oh, I personally, go ahead, Tammy. I'll let you go. Uh, first. I was going to say at, um, like at a a o a a and some places at Roush Creek. Yeah, I'm constantly getting branches slapped at my windshield. Oh, They're not huge ones. Yeah, 
I well, and see, I like to um, I like to hug the side of the trail sometimes because I'm like, oh, I'm not driving through that big obstacle, so I try I get as close to the trees as I can. I mean, I'm a little I'm not as afraid now to go down the middle, but sometimes I would just go try to get around them. So yeah, that would probably help me out. Out here in the Pacific Northwest, I mean, we have a lot of trees and, you know, the stuff grows like weeds out here. And so a trail can look completely different from one year to the next mm-hmm. just with, you know, seasonal erosion, let alone, you know, what vehicles do to it or, or what, how the, how the, you know, forest is growing. Uh, and so, you know, there'll be trails where if it doesn't get a lot of action over the winter or whatnot, you come in through it, you know, into, you know, mid spring, early summer as the season opens up and, you know, you got stuff. Uh, a Jeep trail suddenly looks like a motorcycle trail because it's been so overgrown. Um, I've had my antenna smack my windshield very hard before. Uh, if I would have had uh, some of these limb risers on there, it wouldn't have happened. There's been a couple times where, you know, I come up and over a rock and the Jeep kind of gets some good sway to it. And I've got a spring on, you know, spring base on my antenna and that antenna gets whipped around and will just smack the windshield really hard. And there's been a couple times where I've thought for sure that I've cracked the windshield or something, but, you know, thankfully not. But, yeah, there's been a lot of times branches, antennas, you know, all sorts of stuff come down across the windshield. And it's just, you know, oh, you know, you kind of get that, you know, clinch for a second. Oh, did that leave a mark? I hope not. So uh, I've actually been through some stuff where it would have been good to have, uh, uh, I guess, bush risers on the side of the vehicle because it's very narrow and uh, just to push the stuff away from the side. But, you know, you're not going to be putting some sort of, uh, thing out on the front of your vehicle like a uh, cattle catcher but 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 higher for <laughs> <laughs> for you know for brush i mean it was fine just drive through it but i've never been in a situation where i had the uh, low-hanging limbs that i was going through it might be the flat nature uh, of uh, down here in texas that uh, that i just i just don't see it i thought a lot of it really the times that i would see it i would think of it as just being like what else can i do to my jeep i've got all this stuff on it now what else? oh i'll put these on this will be cool hey and if nothing else it's a great conversation starter what the heck is yeah. that on your jeep you yeah. know well, yeah. let me yeah. tell you <laughs> of course as an amateur radio operator you look at that and you go hmm what band uh-huh. can i tune that to <laughs> <laughs> i was actually thinking the same thing as i was writing up this uh this segment here i was thinking i was like oh, what if i could I wonder if I could work in some antenna stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You could. You actually could. That's a fun thing. I mean, you'd have to uh, make sure it was insulated from the body, but oh, yeah. uh, uh, it, it's always possible, especially with the uh, uh, the polymers and stuff that uh, we have now. They're they're very stout. Yeah. So I, I guess really I've seen them mostly on uh, on Cherokees. Uh, I don't remember seeing them on Wranglers. I guess Wranglers are kind of tough because you have to. Uh, uh, you know, where would you attach them at the top? The, you don't really have uh, roof racks. Uh, for Wranglers, uh, and uh, you'd have to sure you do, uh, you, but you don't see a lot of them. They're aftermarket ones, but well, yeah, of course, I know. they all are. Well, when you when you do um, Google limb risers, the first pictures that pop up are um, the Wranglers. Oh, good! Oh, I have go. to go. I have to go yeah. look because I don't ever remember seeing limb risers on a Wrangler. Yeah, and there's, I mean, a hundred ways to skin a cat, guys. And like I said, there's a lot of, you know, off-the-shelf kits out there, ready to go, ready to install everything you need. Uh, and there's a lot of DIY options out there, too. And so there's a ton of Google images out there, uh, Pinterest or Instagram or whatever, that can give you guys a ton of inspiration for these things. Well, I was surprised to hear that there was kits. I didn't realize there were kits because, to me, it's yeah. just like what you were describing. You go down, you get the uh, the, the cable from uh, your local Lowe's or 
Home Depot and uh, get exactly. you know all the stuff that's right all there. All the hardware too. Yeah, everything that you if you want to do it yourself, everything that you need to do it with uh, can be sourced through Home Home Depot or Lowe's on the same aisle. <laughs> it's all right there Virtually. together. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> it looks like anywhere from like fifty bucks to one hundred and ten dollars. Yeah, that's not too bad. I mean, I, I, yeah, one hundred and ten bucks. Seems, well, well, for Tony, pricey. that's yeah. I was gonna say Tony. Uh, what I if it's over five dollars, oh, forget yeah. it. Yeah. Oh yeah. From what I've read on on some of the forums and stuff, your your average DIY ticket for for you know doing this yourself to piece together a kit is going to run you anywhere from about twenty to forty. Yeah. Uh, and kits are going to start right around forty or fifty. So yeah, you know, you just do your research. Well, it's it's nice having it all uh, the right length and the instructions and mm-hmm. the attach points. So sometimes yeah. it's it's it just really depends. Um, if you're cheap, you want to do it yourself. But keep in mind, it will cost about the same for the low end, the lower end kits. I could I could definitely see that. Depending on how you attach it, and also depends on what you got already in your in your uh, parts old parts uh, bin. You may have some stuff that you can use, so uh, that you don't already you know that you've already paid for. This is Zach from CNM Jeeps. This is Lisa Simon from Trim Perfect. This is Alan Peterson with Painless Performance Wiring. This is Amy from TNA Decal. This is Neil from SFJ4x4.com. This is Randall Spear, Motorsports Manager from Dana Aftermarket. This is Paul Wolf from ENI USA RM. Hey, I'm John Eastmore from Black Forest. This is Nathan Leahy from Mickey Thompson Tires and Wheels. And, and you're listening, listening to, to the Jeep, Jeep Talk Show. Yeah, a nice big Jeep wave goes out to all of our friends and fans in the off road industry. We thank you for your support. Hey, folks, we love hearing from you. So don't forget to call our voicemail line and leave us a message. You can call anytime. The number is 530-675-4142. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, I know with everything going on in Texas, with it being underwater and everything, uh, my heart goes out to you guys. They're suffering through it. But uh, I didn't know if there was going to be a show this week or anything, so or there would be anybody listening. So I, I didn't want to waste my A material. <laughs> so uh, I had to dig deep and pulled out something out of the B list. Oh, wow. Step so, up. That being said, here we go. And I know I promised to try to try. Well, this is me trying to try to try harder but anyway I'm driving my Jeep and I got a little rust hole in my muffler making this loud noise driving me up a wall uh, driving the neighbors up a wall when I pull in and wake them up at night and my wife's nagging me about it <laughs> what about that muffler what are you going to fix that muffler what are you going to do about the muffler 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 all I ever hear is muffler it's, it's, it's very exhausting Oh, and uh, <laughs> I had a call on the phone line. I couldn't get speed pipe to open, so this is going to be subpar quality for Nikki G. Bad joke and bad whatever stuff. <laughs> All right, I'll chat to you guys later. Nikki G out. <laughs> I love how he having to do this all in one take. Oh, it never is. <laughs> There's more. <laughs> <laughs> Just I love you. Hang up first. No, you hang up first. <laughs> I love how he he pauses because he knows Tony's going to laugh. I <laughs> oh, can't help but laugh at Nikki G. Well, love when you guy. do something three hundred times, you uh, you get a, kind of get a feel for it, Tammy. <laughs> yeah, he's been doing that stuff for a long time, and we really appreciate it. 
Is that water out here running? <laughs> oh no, my yeah, my eyes starting to twitch. I'm pulling my pants up. up in a boat. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had uh, an interesting uh, course of events happen to me over the over the last week. It was actually just just one day. Um, it was a couple of days ago. I was on my way to the grocery store, and uh, this is I mean right around rush hour traffic, and. You know, there's a lot of congestion on the road. I'm not just on an arterial road. You know, it's got you know a couple few lanes each direction. You know, center turn lane, all that. A lot of retail on either side. And I know you guys have have all come into the situation. You got a light that's maybe a hundred yards up. Um, traffic's starting to back up. You got somebody that's you know sitting at a driveway at a parking lot. You know, they're waiting to pull out into traffic, and all they need is is somebody to you know be cool and to stop ahead of time and and to let them go. And I could have been that person, and I usually am that person. Uh, but in this particular day, you know, it's, it's it was hot. You know, the AC's not working. I need to get to the store, get some AC, get some groceries, and all that. I figured, all right, there, there's, you know, I could stop. There's about four or five car lengths of room after the driveway. I probably shouldn't be the one to stop. You know, somebody's behind me is going to honk or whatever. I'm going to get, you know, cut off, or somebody's going to, you know, do some road rage, whatever. Um, and so I kind of did the, the, the I'm going to slow down. Uh, no, 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 I, I, there's plenty of room up here. I'm just going to keep going. Well, the person behind me ended up stopping. And the person that was, you know, in the driveway in the, uh, in the parking lot or whatever, willing to, you know, waiting to pull out into traffic, was a young kid in a, in a, in a Cherokee. He was driving a, a I'm going to guess, a slightly lifted and probably a little budget boost um, yeah, on 30s, maybe 31s or something like that, uh, white Cherokee XJ. And, uh, and I, you know, I wanted to be the, you know, he's like, I don't know, but I'm, I'm kind of, you know, in, in a little bit of a rush and all that sort of stuff. So I went, um, the person behind me stopped and I noticed in my rear view mirror, I'm always driving in my mirrors and stuff that this person behind me had stopped. I see the Jeep pull out and he's, you know, he's, he's got a manual transmission. I can hear him, you know, revving up in the first gear, pulling out into traffic. And he goes through the first two lanes and pulls into the middle into the middle turn lane and immediately plows right, just full on oh. head on collision into another car. And it was a, a brand new Nissan Juke or something like that. And uh, I mean, full acceleration as you were, you know, accelerating out of a driveway through a narrow opening. Somebody had just given you a brief window of opportunity to get out into traffic, and he takes advantage of that opportunity. Didn't very didn't look very well. Apparently, didn't look both directions. Didn't look ahead of time, you know, far enough um, up the road enough. Pulls into that center turn lane and just plows right into the front of this moving vehicle. And so, I mean, he was probably doing twenty five or thirty accelerating. This person was probably doing thirty thirty five decelerating. And it was a nasty accident. Um, now, the airbags deployed in the Juke. The older Cherokee did not have airbags. And so as I see this accident happen and I hear it happen and it's all going on in my rearview mirror and I'm, you know, watching my mirrors as this, you know, unfolds and whatnot, I immediately flip around, make sure that, you know, there's no injuries or something. Um, you know, I wasn't going to, you know, stick around, wait for, you know, every, you know, I just want to make sure that everybody was okay. You know, I was like, all right, you know, nobody's, everybody's a con everybody's conscious walking around. All right. I don't need to, you know, apply first aid, you know, be first responder, any of that sort of stuff. So I'm going to go ahead and go about my business. But this is one of those things to where I'm thinking about it after the fact. And could I have prevented this accident? Could I have prevented this Jeep from being totaled? And it was, I mean, this, this kid's front end was completely smushed. And, um, and it makes me wonder, it's like, okay, if I would have been the guy that would have stopped, would I have prevented this from happening? Would it have just happened further up that turn lane? Would he have, you know, screamed up there and and ran into this guy a few more car lengths instead of just right behind me? 
No, I, I, I don't know, but it's one of these things I can't stop thinking about because one, it was a jeeper, and two, not necessarily my fault, but I certainly might have been able to avoid. You know, made you're, made you're talking about not, chain of events here. Would, completely, would, would, would a completely. Chain, would a change in the chain of events have saved right. a jeep? And frankly, frankly, based on what you're describing, you had nothing to do with this. Well, of course not. No, I mean, this definitely wasn't my fault. I don't, I don't feel guilty or anything, but it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, if I would have X instead of Y, right. would C have still happened? Yeah. Right. Well, so look, just, at it, look at it this way. It's, it is upon all of us to drive our vehicles responsibly. Oh, and, indeed. And even whenever you do, even the best laid plans, sometimes this happens. So, um, yeah. I but mean, no, I, I get what Josh is saying. I like, do too. Uh, yeah. No, I don't feel but, I don't feel bad. I mean, yeah, no, I feel no. bad because I, saw, I I witnessed this Jeep being totaled. Nobody right. wants to see a Jeep get totaled. And, no. you know, it's 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 you know, horrendous. And, yeah, I mean, the kid's probably going to have some neck issues. He's probably has a headache still. You know, and the, obviously the other person has got a face full of airbag. That's never, you know, not a good day. Um, you know, it's, it's it's not anything I wish on anybody. And I certainly don't feel responsible for this. But I got to think in the in the back of my head, you know, could I have, you know, prevented this from happening? Could I have had a hand in, in this kid, you know, still driving his Jeep today instead of, well, that thing's in the wrecking yard now. So it's just one yeah, of these but, things where he's yeah. mulling around in the back of my head, you know, it's just like, well, if things were different, you know, what, what would have happened? But just think of this, like maybe two weeks ago you stopped when maybe if you would have went, somebody else could have gotten an accident. Just think of yeah, all those true. people that you haven't killed at work yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know? Or on the road, you're for doing, that matter. You're doing good five <laughs> days a week. <laughs> I, I I see accidents all the time. I mean, I I, I have That's a, a forty mile one way commute. I mean, I'm in traffic for you know no less than you know two or three hours every single day. Oh and yeah, so yuck. I I see I I see so much crap going on. You, you can know, do so much drivers good. and accidents and all this other stuff, and it's just yeah, it's you, you're bound to see this stuff eventually. I'm surprised you see a lot of accidents. You know, I'm on uh, I-10 quite a bit and in, uh, in part of downtown Houston. And I very seldom, I'll see the aftermath of, of mm. accidents occasionally, mm -hmm. but uh, I very seldom actually see an accident. I mean, it, oh, that, man. that's a, it's probably one, it's probably one a month for me. Uh, like, you know, it's, it's cool having those front row shows. I mean, I still bad, feel bad for the people, but most of the time they're idiots when it happens. Somebody was doing something stupid. Oh, well, I guess that goes without saying. Uh, it's very unlikely that there's going to be an accident without somebody doing something they're not supposed to be doing. Yeah, or that you know it was avoidable by uh, you know paying more attention or you know something like. Put that. the phone down. You know, actually, I uh, think uh, September first uh, here uh, means uh, no more uh, texting while driving. Oh, I think that went into effect uh, maybe oh. June or January first here or something like that. Yeah, oh, we've I had that for forever yeah well, well they were warning people last year and i think this year it's gone into effect and and it's like a i don't know 150 dollars ticket if you're caught it, uh it's, texting while driving okay let's let's get something else that's uh that's enforceable how about uh, bad thoughts you know let's <laughs> let's outlaw bad thoughts <laughs> i mean people people shouldn't be doing the stuff that they they are very aware that is going that they're not able to to, to do they're, they're just not able to, to multifunction multitask and do oh, those no, type clearly. of functions, they shouldn't do it. That's they where shouldn't that's be on the where, road. No, 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 no. no, it's fine. I have no, no, no problem no, with no, that. No, it's not. <laughs> I, I do. I have a vehement problem. Well, let me, let me throw this at you, Josh. Should this yeah. be extended to operating a radio while driving on the road? 
or putting your mascara on? I I see I see so many people every single day that are are virtually swallowing their steering wheel because they're so up close to it and they're so white knuckled and you can tell that they're just scared to death to even be on the road to begin with, let alone have enough wherewithal after that point to get over their own anxiety to be a competent driver. I just so many idiots I see this like you clearly have no business being on the road. No, I agree, and that's the the Department of Public Safety's job to weed those people out, but that's not going to happen. So let me just go back to the original question. What about people operating a radio, and I'm talking about a a two-way radio, while driving on the road? Should people be uh, not – should they not be able to do that? Or how about should they not be able to eat while driving? Because that's that's a distracted thing. Well, that's what they're calling it now. It's it's distracted while driving or driving while distracted. It, that's that's the ticket that you're going to be written up for. It's not going to be you know driving while talking on your cell phone or driving while texting. It's driving while distracted. And distracted can include anything from using your CB to you know um, uh, messing with your radio too much, eating that Whopper that you got for lunch, you know any of that stuff. How about if kids? an officer? How about you if got an kids officer in the back, sees back you. Seat. Well, that too. It's any kind of level of distraction. Now, he may, the officer may opt to enforce a, sta- a traffic stop, you know, start a traffic stop and, and, and give you a warning. Hey, you know, I understand you're, you know, you're a parent. The kids are getting out of hand. You really need to keep your eyes on the road. You know, that sort of thing. That's what they make these little mirrors for that you can put up, you know, the, you keep an eye on the, on the rear seat without having to turn your head. It's all about keeping your eyes on, on the road. That's what they want. And so I'm hearing these, these interviews with these cops talking about, okay, we're going to start enforcing this, and this is what we're doing, and this is what we're looking for, and all that sort of stuff. And it's, it's, it's uh, the lack of eye contact with the road. If you're looking down at your stereo too many times, if they see that head dip down into your lap too many times, well, you know, because you're looking and, and at your I phone think, or whatever, I think we're clear they're going on, to stop you. I think we're clear on the distracted driving, but what I'm trying to get across here is this is more government involvement oh, in, our, in our lives it's meant to, it's meant to do to, to to do good, but frankly, the whole point of it is is to try to encourage people to you know watch the road, watch where they're going, because it's not enforceable. They may get a couple of people, the, the you know a couple that are, are really bad about it, but the vast majority of people will still be able to text. They'll still be able to do all the things they were doing before, and they won't get caught at it. So this does nothing except you know mm. give give the cops another tool in their tool belt to be able to write somebody up a ticket. Um, so it's a great way to gather more money for the, for the local government. I I don't like it. I think it's pointless. I would rather see people being, uh, responsible for their own actions. And, uh, I don't text when I drive. I I know I can't do that. I can't focus, uh, drive. And the reason why I don't is my vehicle is important to me. (laughs) I don't want to damage it. So if, if somebody calls me on the phone and I'm not in a situation where I can talk on the phone, I don't talk on the phone. I feel no obligation to answer that phone. I mean, when it's a family member, you're not quite sure if there's an issue, uh, so on and so forth. I'm not pulling over to take a call or make a call. Uh, you know, I'm, I got my, I have, you know, like you, Josh, you're driving 40 miles a day. Would you want to extend your, your trip oh, by 30 hell minutes? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. So no, 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 no. I'm just saying it, it, it's it's not a bad idea, but realistically, it's crap. It's just more government involvement in our lives. You people that like it, that's fine. Just keep watching. You're not going to see any changes. But uh, no, I disagree with you there because I see it as kids hear this that this is the law, and okay, yes, I've texted and drove and I've 
looked at my phone, but I get my kids, mom, mom, you're not supposed to text and drive. Mom, mom, you're not supposed to text and drive. So I think it, in not for our generation maybe as much, but I think it's a good example that our kids are seeing and maybe they won't do it. And, it, you know, so that's just my opinion. But they're still going to eat while they're driving, aren't they, Tammy? Uh, probably not. Really? No, my oh. kids are big rule followers. Well, I think oh, yeah, I, I can't no, even no, like was... my son right now. We're teaching him. Well, he's, you know, trying to get his driver's license. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not even allowed to talk to him like chit chat in the car. He's like, mom, I'm driving. I'm like, okay, Michael. So, so just thinking you get, you should make another rule. We have to drive as a family in the Jeep at least t- two times a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would not happen. All right. Well, we've, uh, we've solved some uh, social injustice there. Let's, uh, yeah, let's move on to, to fun Jeep stuff. Yeah, I got my foot pegs. Did you get your foot pegs? I did. Uh, you're not. Uh, you must not be watching uh, Instagram for Jeep Talk Show because I, I put several pictures up there. Mine oh, are I painted. Did you? Uh, did you get red ones? No, no, I painted them. I got the same same lines. Oh, you, you got there. the same as me. Yeah. yeah. Well, the um, red, the, I, the red that they would have wouldn't be the right color anyway because right. you'd prefer it to match the match the Jeep. So, yeah, um, I didn't bring them up here, but I painted them black. Yeah. Did you really? Yeah, uh, I asked. Oh, okay. uh, I asked my wife. I don't know I, why I didn't see him on. Just on looking, Instagram. just looking at it, you know, with the pegs in there, because I put the peg on the the passenger side. It was actually like Friday, I think Friday, uh, when we were waiting for all the the storm stuff to to really right. start happening. I was out there in the garage, and um, I took the passenger door off inside the garage and uh, put the peg on there and looked at it. And those things are very nice. You don't get a sense yeah, of that. Are. You don't get a sense um, of that on the on the website, but they're no, no, very really. nicely put together. And yeah, they are. they're just a very basic peg. I mean, and to me, that's what you want. You want something to put right. your foot on. You don't need anything fancy. No, so this weekend I'll be painting mine purple, and I will show them to you. And hopefully I can um, get my doors off this weekend. Um, they're kind of stuck hey, on there. Let me ask you both a question really quick. Um, are, are, is this something that you would be worried about losing in a parking lot? Is this something that you maybe take off? And Susie was. Oh yeah, you can. Yeah, I would she, take mine off. Yeah, and, I think you okay. would have to. Yeah. Okay. I would. And of course, I'm just curious so, about that. If anybody out there is, is maybe thinking about a purchase like this, or is hey, I, you know, I heard about these foot pegs on the Jeep Talk Show. I want to get a set of those. Maybe think about you know what you're going to do with them in the future too. So I just I wanted to ask you guys if that thought had crossed your mind. Oh, and it's uh, just add mud uh, offroad dot com uh, yep. that, that we got these things from, and they were what like thirty three bucks, uh, Tammy. Yeah, yeah, for a set of two. My husband wants to know how I'm going to get my um, left foot on this one. And how I'm going to get my right foot on this one, way over on the passenger side. You know, we don't we don't want to encourage no. those those guys no, no, out no. there that uh, are always, uh, you know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I wasn't even thinking that. Yeah, yeah they're uh, said, no, they're, that's for the passenger. They are not used to have me having passengers. So, Josh, I don't know far, if you heard so. the heard the interview, but I actually asked uh, uh, asked the, uh, the the jam guy uh, yeah. about the, uh, the the foot bags, and you they do have people buying four of them for the for the JKUs. All right yeah. on. Yeah. Do you so, see that? Four doors with all people with their foot their foots out, their feet out. Feetsies, yeah. Actually yep. I think I mentioned that last show, come to think of it. Yep. That okay. was episode fifty two, I believe. I believe it was. Yes. Um and one more thing. Um mm-hmm. I will be greasing up my shaft. Um, 
Mike Tom Woods. See, there, you there you go. There you go again. <laughs> um, you should have no, led with that. <laughs> I know. Um, that could be the title for the show today. And later in the show, Tammy greases yeah. her shaft. I think we're going to make that the title of the show. <laughs> um, no, one of the things when you get this new drive shaft, the greasable kind, because the stock ones are not, obviously that's why I replaced mine, um, because it loses grease and you can't refill it. So anyway... One of the things that they will not warranty is if you don't keep up on your greasing and going through water. Um, yeah, it washes it away, right? Right. You're supposed to right after that. So I'm working on um, hooking up with um, Adrenaline Off-Road so I can get my Jeep up on the, the lift and he's going to show me all the points. I think there's five of them to where I need to grease it. I'm going to go get my own little, I guess it's a grease gun gun thing, my bobber that I need to they get. They may call it something different in Maryland. It may be a yeah. uh, greasing device or something. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, I can't I, say I gun say, here. I will say this from experience. Uh, don't skimp out. Don't buy the cheapest grease gun you oh, can. Oh, yeah. I was thinking, don't buy I was thinking the most grease. expensive one. You don't, you don't need to buy ones to hook up to your air compressor or anything like that. Ooh. But don't get the cheapest one on the market. Don't get the one from Harbor Freight. Uh, you know, get somewhere in the middle of the line. Just go to Amazon. Yeah. Look for the look at the reviews, and of right. course, before you go to Amazon, go to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon. Yep. <laughs> yep, of course. So, Tony, how are you? Are, do you have any water in your house? None. Not None? not any at all. In fact, now you're you're a couple hundred feet above sea level, aren't you, Tony? A uh, hundred and twenty-five. Oh wow. Now, uh, I will say this, uh, and and I missed it at the front of the show. I, I told these guys that we were going to do it, and then I just cruised on. With the show as normal, uh, do a little talk about the uh, about Harvey and what happened down here. We didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want to gloss over it. Uh, now, you have to keep in mind. <clears throat> there's a lot of times that the weather uh, folks down in this this neck of the woods, and I think it's all probably all over because you know news sells, uh, bad news sells. Uh, they uh, they hyped this thing with 50 inches of rain. They hyped this thing that it could last for days and days. And they hyped, hyped, hyped. So I probably was, I mean, I was watching the show, uh, watching the, you know, everything going on in local news. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, there, I'm sure there are spots in Houston, as there are quite often, with high water. And, and it's not unusual to see um, the uh, freeways be inundated with floodwaters, especially when it's close to a large body of water like Buffalo Bayou. But as I... <laughs> As I started listening to some of the uh, rescue uh, stuff going on uh, through Zello, which I don't know if you're familiar with that or not. I know you guys are, but uh, the uh, the folks in the audience, Zello is a like a walkie-talkie app for your cell phone. And the Cajun Navy uh, was on there. They came over here from uh, from Louisiana to help uh, with uh, water high water rescues, and they had a channel on Zello. And it was just very interesting listening to all the goings-on. And then I found that there was a, a Katy Area Rescue Channel, which was just in my area because I, oh, wow. I live in Katy. And I expected to hear something, uh, you know, maybe once every five minutes. It was constant. They were really? constantly talking about high-water rescues. And uh, my wife and girls uh, took a walk down while it was, while it was still raining. Uh, took a walk down into the neighborhood because it does flood back over there where it gets kind of close to Mady Creek. Uh, and they came back with tears in their eyes because there were people evacuating homes, high water, uh, children, animals, 
just beside themselves because what are they going to do? Where are they going to go? Uh, this was truly a very big, wide area event. And it is uh, nothing like what I have seen here. And I've lived in this area all my life. We get flooding here, but by but the amount of flooding that we had over such a wide area is what's different about this. And I just want to take a moment to say, I, I feel a little guilty that I was able to sit here in my house, power the entire time, no issues with drinkable water. Uh, and I, of course I make light of the Whataburger being closed and I can't order Papa John's pizza because you know, there's, there's people, real people that have been affected by this. And I just want to tell you, uh, let everybody know, I am so lucky to have been uh, not affected by this for myself and my family. And I'm sure there's hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands of people in the area that are in the same boat I'm in, sorry for the pun, and that, that weren't affected by this. But, but there are also hundreds of thousands of people that have been affected by this. It, it is truly a, a, a big uh, event. Uh, I think they're calling this one of the worst natural disasters in American history. Uh, they they were saying on the news that there's you know there's the hundred year floodplain, there's the five hundred year floodplain. This is in the eight hundred year floodplain, mm-hmm. or at least the eight hundred year uh, type event level event. And keep in mind, it really wasn't the amount of rain we were getting per hour. It was the number of hours that we were getting rain. This thing was yeah. moving at 10 miles an hour, sometimes stationary. And it did and go hear, back out into the Gulf, and it did strengthen a bit before it made its second landfall. It came back. I can't believe that. Yeah. It got hit twice by the same depression. Well, it was kind of further east when it came back in, so it really yeah. didn't affect us. Yeah. So I, uh, I heard that um, a lot of the flooding also is, is due to uh, some dam releases that dams have had to um, open up the floodgates uh, because they're at risk of overflowing or, or worse uh, in order to control things. They've had to you know open up the floodgates and that has added to uh, the, the tragedy that is, that is going on. So and, it's and that's uh, not very far from here either. Uh, no. We are far enough from the Attics uh, Reservoir and the, uh, the, I think there's Barker Cypress uh, one. Uh, the, anyway, there's two of them. And those things were, were built to help stop flooding in Houston. They, hmm. were, they were trying to slow the water down. And I think they were built like 70 years ago. Uh, oh, wow. They were, trying to, they were build them, building them to try to stop flooding inside of Houston. And, yeah, they had to. They were actually, uh, water was actually going over the tops of oh, uh, at least one of, those, uh, one of those things at 108 Jeez. feet. So, wow. Um, yeah, it's it, a lot of water. Yeah, it has been. I, I heard some weather person uh, say that if you took all the water that that fell in uh, southeast Texas in the Houston uh, general area, you could cover the entire United United States uh, like point oh one seven inches of water. Wow! Wow! It's not much, but, you know, but, still, but it's still, that's a lot of area. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, on my Facebook page too, it. it coming together of people helping people oh amazing oh yeah is amazing and all the jeepers bringing their lifted jeeps and just regular people bringing their you know lifted other vehicles not that they're just regular people but you know what i mean um, yeah, I'd like and the to, boats I think and, 
we'd like to hear some stories, wouldn't we? If you, if you oh, guys yeah. out there in, yeah. the, in, this, in, in the range of our voice, you hear our voice out there, you got a story, you something you witnessed or, or took, you know, uh, took part in yourself of, you know, rescuing, using your, your Jeep or seeing off-road vehicles, seeing the off-road community come together to help those in need. If you have a story of that, if you've seen some of that yourself or were part of it, please give us a call and let us know. 530-675-4102. We want to hear your story. Yeah. The sad one that I saw was this Jeeper who was helping a family out um, of their um, Suburban. He ended up getting his yellow Jeep submerged in water. Oh, and he was standing on top of his Jeep doing a Facebook Live. Anybody, you know, I need some help. I need to get out of here. I mean, I think his Jeep is just gone. But he was rescuing lots and lots of people. And um, the, but, the Jeepers that went into the nursing home that were mortified. Um, then we have people here on the East Coast who are filling up um, UPS, USPS boxes, United States Post Office boxes with donations and sending them to Houston um, shelters. It's just so touching and tearjerkers. And it's just sad. So I had made contact with a group here in Houston uh, several weeks ago, a couple of months ago, maybe at this point, uh, doing a possible interview. And uh, it was uh, I, the, the, the gentleman that headed, headed up this group uh, wanted me to uh, join a fa- the Facebook group uh, and just see the things that were going on. So I did, and if, I found it very interesting. What they do is, and I think there's groups like this around the country, but I had never heard of one before this group. Uh, they're the Houston area off-road recovery group. And what they do is you go on Facebook, let them know where you are, what the situation is, and then they get somebody to go out there, just just folks, no, no money, nothing like that, just folks to go out and help get you out, pull you out of that ditch, uh, get you uh, unstuck if you're off-road. This just doesn't really matter. Uh, so these are not, you know, not-for-profit individuals going out helping other people. There was a lot of activity during the hurricane on uh, Facebook for the. Uh, uh, I see a lot of uh, activity on Houston area off road recovery chat group, and uh, there was a lot of activity there. And then uh, listening to Zello, uh, you see, you get this sense of, you know, I'm I'm not. I won't say I'm anti government, but I'm not. I don't think the government is is there to cure all our ills. The government isn't there to take care of us, no matter how they come across that way, where they think they, you know, how important they are. The, the, the thing that's important is what I saw on this Houston area off-road recovery that I saw every day before the hurricane, them helping people out. Mm-hmm. And this all this stuff Agreed. after uh, Harvey and all the water that inundated uh, all these people. And there, uh, no government can take care of it. No government is big enough to take care of this. It was individuals that were putting in their time hours and hours and hours of time not not even knowing if they're going to be able to get fuel for their boats for their jeeps for any any vehicle that they were driving because uh, places were closed places were out of gas and and it was a it was a wonderful thing to see all these individuals coming together for free no training other than just you know what they know through their lives helping people out and yes. it, it was an amazing thing to, to to listen to and to witness. Yeah, agree. Anyway, uh, talk more about that, but it's uh, it's very emotional. Uh, and even people that aren't here, uh, you can tell they get emotional about it. 
because uh, they can put themselves in that place. What, what would I? What, what would I do if my house had water in it? And, uh, and I, I think that people who haven't been through something like this, I don't think they truly understand no, the massiveness, right? And being no. there and seeing it, it's I'm sure it's ex- it's exhausting. Just be very help. Be very grateful for your lives and the the ways that uh, the the things that we take for granted, you know, and the, oh. the things that we bitch about all the time, because no. a disaster can fall at any time, and the people that step up are the ones that are going to make it uh, better for the, not only from themselves but for everybody else around them. So, you know, it's there's nothing wrong with bitching about things. Uh, this is like me bitching about Waterburger not being open. <laughs> it's, yeah, there's just like wrong. that just yeah. exactly there's nothing like wrong that. with bitching <laughs> but just keep in mind enjoy your life enjoy that jeep uh enjoy it before it's submerged because you were helping somebody right. and, and that's a minor thing uh in comparison to helping somebody out uh because a jeep can be replaced well it's, you know what they the say no life. good deed goes unpunished <laughs> nope but thank you to everyone out there helping yeah. everyone. Yeah, it was great. It was uh, wonderful hearing all the, the camaraderie and the help that was being given to so many people. All right, well, let's do some wheel of wear, Josh. Yeah, that's where we're going to talk about Cheer what events up. are coming up in your neck of the woods and around the nation. Who doesn't like some good Jeep events, guys, some off-road events? We have the third annual White Mountains Jeep Invasion coming up 2017, guys, Saturday, September 9th at 10 a.m. at the Aditash Ski Resort, Barlett, New Hampshire, 03812 guys this the main event will be held at the Adatash Mount Resort right at the base of the slopes 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. check this out at around 5 p.m. the entire mountain is going to be shut down for just the jeepers and they're going to make wow. the sunset crawl up the northeast tallest mountain guys right up the mountain face limiting they're limiting this run to just 300 jeeps so you guys got to get your registration in asap for registration email whitemountainjeeps at gmail.com I want to thank uh, Brisson Island for uh, sending that one into us. That sounds like an awesome event. Hope to see some pictures from that, guys. Uh, never heard of an entire ski mountain being shut down for Jeeps. That is just awesome. Uh, we got the uh, Neato Tire presenting the 2017 Sandsport Super Show, September 15th through the 17th, OC Fair and Event Center in Costa Mesa, California. Head over to sandsportsupershow.com for more information. The big one is happening Off Road Expo, September 30th through October 1st, Promona, California. Head over to offroadexpo.com to see what that's all about. We have National Chrysler Jeep Dodge presenting the 2017 Jeep Week, September 22nd through the 24th. Topsail Island, North Carolina. You want to find out more info about this? Head over to topsailchamber.org. Or, you guys, we are, not, are going to have Route 16 there as well. They uh, are in the chat room, always uh, chatting it up, guys. And uh, they're going to be giving out some big, big gift certificates out there. So uh, this is going to be one event you don't want to miss out. National Chrysler Jeep Dodge presenting the 2017 Jeep Week, September 22nd through the 24th. Head over to topsailchamber.org and just type in Jeep Week, and you guys will find out all the information you need. Hey, you know what of an event coming up? Well, shoot us an email with some details. If you've been to a Jeep event recently, well, let us know what you thought, what you saw. Call our 24-7 voicemail line, 530-675-4102, and leave a message, night or day. We'd love to hear from you. Hey, we'd like for you to take our survey. So take a moment and go uh, over to jeeptalkshow.com slash survey, fill in a couple of questions, hit the uh, the send, okay, whatever button it is, and it will add to our stats. Hey, folks, and don't forget to include us in your tweets, hashtag jeeptalkshow, 
And you can see your tweet on our show on YouTube. Use JT, hashtag JTS Live. That's hashtag Jeep Talk Show and hashtag JTS Live. Oh, we so much love hearing from our listeners, guys. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, Google+. We're all over the web. Just go to your favorite social media outlet and search for Jeep Talk Show. Trust me, you're going to find us. Hey, join us on the Jeep Talk Forum. Pictures, stories, more detail on how to, or just ask questions of the hosts. That's jeeptalkforum.com. Hey, and don't forget, please call us anytime and leave us a voicemail at 530-675-4102, and you'll even hear it on the show. Yeah, if you've had too many adult beverages and it's 3 o'clock in the morning, all the better. (laughs) Don't forget, we have a free application for your phone or tablet. Just go to the Apple Store or Google Play Store and search for Jeep Talk Show. Once installed, be sure to check the box, download latest three episodes, and you'll have hours of entertainment with or without your internet access. Hey, the Jeep Talk Show is live every Thursday at 10 p.m. Central Time. Join us for the live show at youtube.com slash jeeptalkshow making a purchase online or at Amazon, be sure and go to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon first. Hey folks, and don't forget to follow me on my Jeep journey at my blog at www.jeepmama.com. And if you need a voice for your product or your business, be sure to check out my professional voiceover services at thevoiceofjosh.com. Well, that's it for this week, guys. Until next week, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Friend us on Facebook. Circle us like vultures on Google+. And above all else, be sure to tell a friend about the one and only Jeep Talk Show. So no matter where you're wheeling, if you pack it in, make sure you pack it out. Let's leave our outdoor recreation spots and our wheeling destinations in as good, if not better condition than they were when we arrived. Remember to always tread lightly. Stay on designated trails and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. If you'd like to learn more about the Tread Lightly principles and how you can help keep our trails and public lands open for off-road use, please head over to www.treadlightly.org. You know, I always laugh at that uh, circle, circle is like vultures. I bet you that's something I came up with because, <laughs> you know, you always, you, always la- <laughs> you always laugh at the stuff you come up with. I'm, every time you say that, I'm like, oh, that's so funny. <laughs> See you later, everyone. Since 2010.